Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created the show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together we can make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Palmistry, also known as palm reading, has been around for centuries. And while early cave drawings of human hands may indicate a special interest in reading them during the Stone Ages, many scholars believe it to have started in India. The, this ancient Vedic wisdom of palmistry is known as Hasamutrika Shastra, and in 3102 BC, it was Indian scholar Samudra Rishi who wrote about this science. Palmistry later spread and was greatly influenced by the Romani people. Although thought to be from Egypt and therefore mistakenly referred to as gypsies, they originated in the Punjab region of India with their native language based in Sanskrit. Palmistry became another form of fortune-telling for the Romani people to thrive and survive on. Unfortunately, however, they grew to be viewed as untrustworthy, and subsequently, palmistry, among other fortune-telling techniques, became a crime. Even Caravaggio's famous painting of 1595, titled The Fortune Teller, depicts a Durbati or a female Romani soothsayer slipping off jewelry from her patron's hand during a palm reading. There is no doubt that the overall skepticism of fortune-telling at the time led to this. Ironically, during the Middle Ages, it wasn't the witches who were performing palm readings, but rather the witch hunters. They used palmistry to help them identify symbols or even markings in the hands as workings of the devil. As the witch hunts declined, so too did the association of palmistry and the devil. And to give it more validity in the eyes of science, it took on the name of chirology during the Renaissance. Today, palmistry is divided into chirology, which is concerned with lines, mounts, and ridge patterns on the palm, and chiromancy, which examines more of the shape of the hands and the fingers. Palmists, Count Louis Hammond, and Dr. William Benham, among others, popularized palmistry in the 19th century. Count Louis Hammond, better known as Cairo, is said to have effectively preserved the teachings of the ancient Vedic scripture and bring it to the Western world. Benham classified the planets to fit with a handshape and also proposed a method to figure out what someone's future career would be. Benham also believed the lines of the palm to be expressions of the flow of energy, advising that the whole hand must be taken into consideration when getting a reading. Eventually, highly reputable psychologists like Carl Jung also started to take an interest and give more credit to palmistry. So what is palmistry really? Many consider it a pseudoscience, while others consider it a superstitious divination, much like toe readings, iris readings, and or astrology readings. And many religions still today forbid or worse, outlaw any divination which allows one to seek knowledge outside of their own proclaimed god, gods or goddesses. The Bible, for example, came to condemn palmistry, although ironically, palmistry is mentioned throughout ancient Judaic texts and was a significant way in which mystics figured out if a man was ready for specific teachings. The Quran also considers palmistry forbidden and condemns all forms of divination. To ask about the future is a sin. Divination is the act or practice of obtaining insight or knowledge of the future with possible supernatural means, i.e. a prophecy. Biblically, it is defined as a communication with a deity for purpose of determining the deity's knowledge, resulting in clarification of a decision or discernment of the future. Early civilizations like that of Mesopotamia and Egypt communicated with their deities by means of divination both personally and publicly. In 1926, dermatoglyphics was found by anatomist Harold Cummins. It is a study of ridge patterns in the skin, specifically on the fingertips and palms. And it is perhaps the bridge between science and mysticism that palmistry needed. This heavily relied upon method in criminology links a suspect to a crime scene. The three basic patterns of fingerprints recognized today include loops 
whirls, or arches, which happen to be the same three recognized by Samudra as Sanka, Chakra, and Seep. Modern-day fingerprinting also acknowledges seven types of irregularities known as fingerprint characters or minutiae, also similar to those identified by Samudra thousands of years ago. Like palmistry, dermatoglyphics denotes that everyone's ridge patterns are completely unique and can be used to figure out talents, strengths, and weaknesses. These ridge patterns are said to be formed in the womb as a result of stress patterns, and diseases and disorders like Down syndrome alter the palms and ridges in very specific ways, which has allowed geneticists to identify them in a very cheap and quick way. In fact, a study in 1965 at the Kennedy Galton Center in Harrow, North London, using ridge patterns has proved to have an 80% accuracy rate in predicting a newborn's chance of developing a number of illnesses. Dermatoglyphics, while more widely accepted by the scientific community, can still be seen as a divination, much like palmistry, iridology, and astrology. These are all reminders that we are all uniquely different, yet all divinely made. Perhaps palmistry should be viewed less as a road away from God or spirit and instead seen as a path of more self-awareness and interconnectedness or ultimately understanding that God or spirit exists in each and every one of us. Today on Love from the Hip, it is my absolute joy to have palmist and creator of the Divine Hand Method, James Divine, here with us. James will share his wisdom of palmistry with us, including specific symbols that show up in the hands and what those mean, as well as compatibility in relationships, the elements, and much, much more. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities... No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having palmist and creator of the Divine Hand Method, James Divine, on my show. 
Hi, James. Hi, Sakura. It's nice to have you in the studio again. I am thrilled to be here again. This is so much fun. And you're always so colorful. I love it. I wish we had a video because people could see my wild shirts. Well, we're going to post pictures later. Oh, yes. Our selfies. (laughs) For sure. So how long have you been doing palm readings professionally? Oh, just a little while. Only about 35 years. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a newbie. (laughs) (laughs) And what was the final nudge to get you to do that? Well, I had um, discovered a pamphlet in my grandparents' attic when I was 11. And um, you know how an 11-year-old can read something and then think that they can do it. So I read my brother's palm and my um, Italian Catholic scared mom snap pointed when she found out I did that and said, don't do that. It's devil worship. So I never read another palm until I was 16 and rebelling. And I started reading palms for tips in a little, uh, outside a little bohemian cafe when I was 16. I think I said that. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, the start of me reading professionally. Did it come in pretty easily for you? It was at, it was, I was reading the books. I had always been interested in different ways. I was a very devoutly Catholic kid and had felt the calling of the priesthood. Like I knew, I, I knew that I was going to become a priest and, Mm. you know, have this spiritual journey. But at the same time, strangely how you can live sort of a double life in some ways. I also was really interested in magic and in supernatural power and in like the ways in which spirit works through people. Mm -hmm. So I could take someone's hand and read what I saw. And whenever I did that, people would respond. The 16-year-old kid, imagine here you are and a 16-year-old kid takes your hand and then spits out some information about your hand. And it's so accurate and and shocking. People would respond, how did you know that? That's amazing. (laughs) So in a sense, you were combining the priesthood with magic. I guess I was at the time. I mean, looking back, I'm like, what the hell were you doing? (laughs) But um, now it's kind of cool. It makes sense. So what has been the biggest reward then for you in doing these palm readings? Oh, gosh. You know, being able to embrace my bliss. Uh, For many years of that, it was a side hustle. It was a side gig. It was this thing I did. um, Sure, I would do it at parties or I had a website and I would do it on the side. It's only been in the past uh, two and a half years since, um, you know, 2020, really, that I have been doing it full time professionally. But before that, it was, you know, just something that made the car payments and, you know, was a side, a side gig. And um, but it's always been so profoundly meaningful when someone says, wow, you saved my marriage or gosh, you know, that was so meaningful. And and just as a note, I do not save people's marriages (laughs) or lives. They choose to take the information. The phone lines are lighting up. I mean, (laughs) I do not do that. You choose to take the information that I give you and you take action. Mm -hmm. So people that say that, I always say, no, no, no. You saved your own marriage. You did this. But you took the information or understood it. Yeah, and you gave people hope. Right. So what has been the biggest challenge for you? Well, it's getting out of our own way. So Mm. we live in a society that discounts or invalidates the existence of spirituality. So we see um, people who, you know, um, don't have the experience of energy or spirituality we experience them every day. We live in a secular society that if, unless you believe in mainstream beliefs um, or if you believe in science, um, those are the things that are validated by our society because they're very based on a reductionist and, and physical representation. Right. And knowledge that comes from intuition or that comes from or experiences that are spiritual or non-tangible mm-hmm. are often not validated. And so because of that, it's hard for people who are psychic or intuitive to really believe and trust in themselves. So and, you as yourself, yeah, trusting yourself. Believing in myself. Mm-hmm. And so we all have these challenges that we need to get over because of for our sure. socialization. So I myself, that's my biggest challenge is and has been, continues to be. I need to always keep myself clear and clean around how am I trusting and believing my own intuition my own psychic read, uh, my own psychic impressions, and the connection to spirit that I have. Now, has that also been a challenge for your patrons to trust the information? 
I think so. I think most of the people that come to me are looking for and hungry for inspiration and guidance. I think that it is a challenge for some people to get deep Mm -hmm. um, and how deep they get is up to them. I think every reading that I give is my full reading, but then people will take it to different depths. But this is why I give people a recording. Right. Because they can actually take the information that they're given as deep as they want to go or so, as shallow as they want to go. So it only get as vulnerable as they're willing to go with you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, let's talk about your method of palm reading. How does it differ from typical palmistry and how did you come up with the method? Oh, right. So typical. So what do you think about when you think about palm reading, right? Don't you think about like the shrouded, you know, like room that's op- <laughs> opulently decorated with a crystal, crystal ball. Of course. And you give, the the woman even takes your hand. Right. Sort of maybe semi-forcefully <laughs> looks intently into your hand, maybe gasps. Right. And says something and you get worried. Your heart drops into your stomach and she looks at you in your eyes and she says. Has and she says, oh, my darling. I'm so sorry. And then she gives you a misfortune. Of course. Of like illness or death or or love that will never blossom or something like that. <laughs> and you see this and then the music plays uh-huh. in the background, the, the build, building music of, right. of tragedy, right? And then close scene. Uh-huh. And so this is what we've seen in movies. This is the thing that is the trope of palmistry. Until you buy that candle, as you and, had mentioned oh, before. Oh, yes. And, but then she'll say, and this actually happens in Seattle, in every city, you go to get a $35 or a $10 palm reading, and you end up leaving there with a $500 curse removal candle <laughs> to remedy the situation. So right. the thing that drives me crazy about even mainstream palmistry, regardless of the candle scam, the thing about the, um, the palm reading is the books that are out there are all, if you have this particular feature on your hand, you have this misfortune, period. There's no gray area. There's no remedy. In your history at the top of the segment, you talked about how the Romani people brought Vedic palmistry out of India, out of the Punjab region, into the West. Mm -hmm. What did the Romani people have? They had Hinduism. Hinduism gives you remedies for the problems that they see in your hands. Mm -hmm. As they migrated out of the out of India into the West, they lost Hinduism. Mm. So you can't do pujas to Lakshmi if you have an issue with abundance in your palm because we don't have Hinduism here. Yeah. So modern palmistry needs modern remedies. So as it got translated even more so... It didn't bring the remedies with it. That's right. Mm. So this is where the divine hand method brings modern interpretations of palmistry based on those ancient truths and modern remedies based on our modern world because that's what that's what Vedic palmistry did. It was a modern system at that time and brought modern remedies for the time. And that's what we're doing. The Divine Hand Method does today. It is a method, palmistry as a path to the divine that is within you. I was going to say, there's no mistake on the name. Absolutely not. <laughs> you are divine. The idea that palmistry could ever tell you something negative about yourself is the biggest myth of palmistry. Your hands are created in, in perfection, with perfection. You have perfect hands. You have a perfect created body by the creator. Your hands could never say anything negative about you. People can say negative things about you. Yeah. They're wrong, but your hands and, and your whole body is perfect. You, the divine hand method and the people who practice the divine hand method, including myself, which I invented, and created, we will show you the pathways to see your divine nature. And that's what's so amazing. I love that. It's also what's so hard. I give people the hardest readings that they'll ever have because like Marianne Williamson, that poem by her, we're not afraid of our weakness. We're not afraid of how we suck. We're afraid of how great we are. We're afraid of how wonderful we are. So to be facing your divine nature and your greatness in your palm reading Oh, now that's challenging. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So when it comes to your readings, are you reading more than just the lines then? And Yeah, so I do chiromancy and chirology both. Okay. So my palm readings are looking at the shape of your hand, the lines in the hand, and I do a palm, a, a hand and um, gesture analysis. So I'm looking at how are you holding your hands? 
So if you're like, let's say someone is then going to talk about like an, uh, whatever's going on in their life, they're going to gesture with their hands. Oh gosh, I'm in this job and I'm having this issue. And as they're talking about their issue with their job, they're going to gesture and they're right. going to talk about it with their hands. I'm looking very carefully at their hand gesture because that's going to show me micro expressions and gestures in their hands that are going to re- illuminate their unconscious motivations, their subconscious. And I'm going to reflect those back so that we know like what's actually going on. And that is so useful to people. I have helped so many people in my sessions, help them understand where their motivation is coming from. Mm-hmm. And, and that is hugely useful to people. So our hands don't lie. They will only lie as much as your unconscious is lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what about people that don't use? I use my hands all the time when I'm speaking. What about people that don't use their hands when they're speaking? I've never met such person. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but if they don't lo- use their yeah. hands. What does that say about um, them? You know, they're pretty much terrified or they're just <laughs> in a place of like, I don't want to express myself. But I do sometimes encourage people like, let me see your hands on Zoom. Sometimes if I'm doing a Zoom reading, it's hard yeah. because they're sitting there with their hands below the screen. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, usually I can get people animated and like, hey, shake it out. Let's see your hands. <laughs> and they start to not thinking about their hand position and they start gesturing. Right. Now, are you just are you just reading the front of the hands and the palms, or are you also reading the back of the hands? I usually just read the palm side unless I'm looking at the overall gesture. Okay. And then what about, do you end it at the wrist? Right. Yeah. I, I have a limit. Okay. <laughs> otherwise, I'm reading everything. You can read People the arms like, and everything do else. Read, do you read feet? <laughs> yeah. You're like, not yet. So can you go over the major lines again, which appear in our palms? Yeah. So at the top of the hand, underneath the base of the fingers, that line that swoops from underneath your pinky over to underneath your index or or middle finger, that's your heart line. And it indicates a pattern of emotional processing. The line in the middle of your palm that starts between the index finger and the thumb, so from the other side of the palm and goes towards the middle or towards the other side, that's the head line and indicates your pattern of intellectual or, or mental processing. The line that starts near where your headline starts, so in between, again, the index finger and the thumb, and wraps down around your thumb, down along uh, your palm towards your wrist, that is your lifeline. does not indicate length of life, even though that's what we say, how long is your lifeline. Right. That is an indicator of uh, what you're here to do, like a, what type of life this is. There's also a fate line that can be, um, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And that's in the middle of the palm somewhere. Sometimes it comes down from the middle finger, but it's highly variable on how that fate line shows up. Mm -hmm. There's also a success line that can come down from the pinky finger. It's often very faint, um, but um, don't don't, you know, we don't compare the fate line to other lines on the hand. We compare the fate line to other people's fate lines. So they're always very fine lines. Now, can you have double lines, like double lifelines? You can. Double lifelines are indicators of um, a guardian or a, a someone, an ancestor or someone who's passed mm. that's uh, protecting you. That's a guardian spirit. Mm-hmm. And then what about, can you have then double heart? You can. Yep. Those are rare. And those can, those have other meanings as well that are pretty complex. And now you had mentioned earlier on Go Beyond the Veil that our hands change. Can you they talk do. a little bit more about that and how that affects? Yeah. So there's two things lines. that change. Your gesture changes all the time. So if you come in one day and you're, you have, you're like, oh, I feel so successful, you're going to hold your hands in a particular gesture. If you come in the next month or the next week and you're feeling defeated, your hands are going to have a different gesture. So I'm going to see that in your hand gesture, regardless of what you're fronting with your face and your body language. Mm-hmm. Your hands will rat you out. It's true. <laughs> um, and overall, your, hand, your palms and the lines and the musculoskeletal structure in your hands do change slowly over time and hold a record of what you've been doing. So let's say you've taken up a new hobby like guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to start to form different muscle groups and and develop the muscle groups in your hands and your forearms differently, you're going to change the calluses on your fingers from plucking and holding the cords and and the strings on the guitar differently. 
So your hands are going to change over time, and I'm going to identify those things over time and notice them. And so your reading will be different from before you started playing guitar till after you started playing guitar. Right. And that's the same if you start to have more stress. You're going to start gripping your steering wheel differently. So these things all show up. Now, does it also change with your level of consciousness as you elevate your consciousness? I Because I also... Um, have a psychic impression sometimes Mm -hmm. i will also pick up different things on your palm and what things are important so those will also show up and the subtle body language is really what's going to guide me on a lot of that okay well we're going to take a quick break but everyone stay tuned for the weekly skinny up next and more love from the hip on this weekly skinny i would like to talk about face mapping this ancient method dates back thousands of years and is still quite popular today Ancient Chinese believed different areas of the face to align with different organs and or systems in the body. And so, when an issue arises on the face, it is said to be a reflection of what is going on internally. Even the shape of our face gives greater insight into our personality, whether you are diamond, oval, square, rectangle, triangle, or heart-shaped. Traditional Chinese medicine relies heavily on evaluating the tongue to determine underlying issues in the body, whilst other long-time methods like that of reflexology, iridology, and auriculotherapy rely on reading the feet, the eyes, and the ears to also gain more insight as to what may be occurring in the body, aside from foretelling personality and or characteristic traits. All of these methods are ways in which to read our bodies in hopes of not only understanding ourselves better, but also to help catch and alleviate physical issues much sooner. Today, face mapping has taken on a combination of Eastern and Western medicine philosophies. The changes in our environments, quality of food, and level of stress have lended to a greater awareness of concerns that can show up. Acne has long been one of the most popular applications when it comes to face mapping. Essentially, wherever you are experiencing a flare is said to have specific causes. The T-zone, which consists of the forehead, nose, and chin, While it is a higher oil-producing area in general, in face mapping, blemishes on your forehead can correlate with a problem in your small intestines or even be related to a food allergy. Rosacea and bumps around the eyes, nose, and chin can be related to colon bacteria. Puffy eyes can mean poor kidney function. The chin and jawline in face mapping is related to hormones and endocrine function. Even dermatologists agree that breakouts along the jawline or on the chin can be linked to hormonal issues such as polycystic ovarian syndrome. Pimples on the edge of your face suggest a possible hormonal imbalance as well. Blemishes in the cheek area can be related to large intestines and or respiratory issues. This is also a common area for rosacea symptoms to surface. Of course, there are other reasons that can contribute to acne and breakouts like stress, poor hygiene, poor diet, and a toxic environment. And while face mapping is not a proven science like so many other ancient methods, it does reveal that your skin, being your largest organ, is indeed the spokesperson for your whole body and is communicating internal concerns. Because again, everything is all connected. Welcome back to Left from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just tuning in, I am having a discussion on palmistry with James Devine. So, James, can we talk about the right hand versus the left hand? Definitely. This is a really common question. If you have something on your right hand, this shows up in how you act in the world, your public life, you at work, you in your career, you in the grocery store. Um, out, out there in the public life, even if you're left-handed. If it shows up on your left hand, this is something that has to do with your personal life, your internal processing, your love life. So that's how I, I read the palms. Okay. Yeah. There's now, different ways to do that, but this is how my system works. All right. So how do you know if people have spiritual gifts? Oh, I love this question. So spiritual gifts on the palm show up in really cool ways. And there's a bunch of different symbols in the palm that you can look for. So, okay, everyone ready to look at your own palm? <laughs> yes. So one of the spiritual symbols I really love to look for is 
a little arc that exists, and so listen closely, between the pinky and the ring finger is where it starts, and it ends between the index finger and the middle finger. And it's just a little saddle, like a little arc that goes between the two middle fingers. If it is complete, a really clear little arc between those fingers, that is called the girdle of Venus. Hmm. It's a really cool name. Who knew that's how she kept her girlish figure? (laughs) What this indicates is an extraordinary ability for for compassionate empathy. Hmm. So people that have this have this amazing ability to be lovingly compassionate and, and, and empathic towards the world around them. The challenge with this is they're empaths. So they <laughs> feel like, everything. Oh my gosh, I feel everything. But that <laughs> they often will learn how to navigate in the world by having really good shielding. Mm. Another really cool symbol is if you have very distinctive fine lines that travel up and down your fingers on all the segments of your fingers, this is actually, um, in Christianity, it's known as a gift of the Holy Spirit called laying on of hands. And it's in uh, metaphysical you know, arenas, it's uh, the power to have healing touch. Um, so, and people teach it in Reiki. Um, but this is, and this is something that you can acquire by doing this. Hmm. This is the energy that comes through your hands of running healing energy through your hands. And those lines then show up on your fingers so you'll find that people ask, no, I want you to rub my shoulder or animals will often come up and, you know, you can pet them when other people can't because you'll see that you have those lines on your palms. Fascinating. Um, if you have stars on your palms uh, and there's different numbers of points, there's a couple different types of stars. There's the asterisk, asterisk type of star and then there's these sort of like the star that you draw on your kid's paper, like, oh, good five job, point. five-pointed star, or yeah. six-pointed star, or seven-pointed star. So there's different types of stars that can show up on your palm. But often the stars indicate a, a special ability, and you would need to consult with a palm reader um, to, to know like where that shows up, what that means. Mm-hmm. But that often indicates a special ability in that area. So if it's underneath your pinky, that would mean you have a special ability in your ability to manifest and communicate. Hmm. If it's under, right underneath your ring finger, that's a special ability to show up and, and radiate your presence really well. So things like that yeah. um, are really interesting on where they show up and what they mean. Yeah, and I was going to ask you if that mattered, but as we know. It, it always <laughs> matters. If you're, if you're going to ask someone, does it matter if... It's a palm reading. Yes, yeah. everything matters where it is and how it shows up. Now, I've heard a lot of hype on the M. Could you oh. go over that one, please? <laughs> did He's my, it right now. <laughs> did my husband set you up for yeah, this question? Yeah, he just texted me. No, oh, I'm my gosh. Kidding. I swear every time. <laughs> so people tease me about this because it's my little pet peeve. You may have, if you're listening and you have been feeling like you're really special because you have an M on your palm, this is going to destroy your world. Oh, I'm no. so sorry. <laughs> if you look to, so this is what happens. Someone tells you, oh, darling, you have an M on your palm. This is really special. But if you look to the person to your right and you look to the person to your left, everybody has an M on their palm. Mm-hmm. Or you can make an M out of the lines on their palm. It's like everybody has it. Like we all have an M on our palm. Right. So it's this weird clickbait sort of thing that's really popped up forever. And people make up really strange things. Like if you have an M on your palm, it means you're from Atlantis <laughs> or whatever. I right. get teased. That's what my husband teases me. He's like, I have an M on my palm. I'm from Atlantis. <laughs> I'm like, stop it. <laughs> so most people can make a letter, an M or an N or a W or whatever out of the lines on their palm. So I don't give that a lot of credit. Yeah. Instead, I'm looking at something deeper. How do the headline, heartline, lifeline connect with each other? What do they really mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think that those kind of surface, like making a letter out of your lines, is kind of surface, and it doesn't really tell us a lot because it's easy to make, um, to sort of imagine a letter on your palm. Now, I know that there's a few people that are going to insist, like, I definitely have this, and this really meant something. That's great. If it was <laughs> meaningful to you, I think that's awesome. And get a real palm reading from you know, right. someone reputable and like we'll read what the the lines actually mean in relationship to each other and you'll be blown away. 
So have a lot of these symbols carried over then from the Vedic wisdom? So there are. So when you look at like a book on astropalmistry or when you look at Vedic palmistry, Uh they do a different thing with the symbols, which is super fascinating. So they're looking for the fish, the boat, the net, Hmm. all of these little specific symbols. They're looking at where they are on the lines on your palm, where they are specifically on the hand. They're going to do timelines. They have a much more fatalistic approach to palmistry. What that means is when is this happening in your life? They're going to look at the timeline the, the line as a, as a measure of time through your life, where's the fish? What does the fish mean? Look at the break and the islands and the, and the grills and all these little symbols mean something from that culture thousands of years ago. And these all have symbolic meaning in the Vedic culture, in the, in the Hindu culture, and they're going to interpret that in a very complex way on your palm. It's a fabulous experience to go to a true Vedic reader. Yeah. I am not a Vedic reader. But to go to a Vedic reader, have a Vedic palm reading, and it always is also in concert with your Vedic astrology reading. You never do one of those without the other. And so this is a really fascinating, totally different type of reading than what I do. And it's really cool to see, but they're going to look at a bazillion different little, you know. Symbols. Symbols, yeah. yeah. And I have a book on on astropalmistry that I pour over and just find fascinating. <laughs> Definitely not my style of reading. So how do past lives show up in our hands? Oh, yeah. And also karma. Okay, great. That's two big questions. <laughs> Stuck into one question. So I hope I have more than one minute. You do. Go. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I read past lives on the palm in sort of a general way. So I can't do a past life regression or tell you that you were Nefertiti in a past life just from reading your palm. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest that people go and get a passive regression. Right, you, with me. With yes. Sakura Sutter. <laughs> um, I didn't know you did those. That's oh, yeah. awesome. So you can get a passive regression from Sakura, from you. An amazing experience to do a passive regression. I mean, absolutely, every time I've done a passive regression, mind-blowingly cool. Yeah. Because so much is revealed about what's going on. I can tell you there are lessons that are brought into this life and they show up in the edges of your palm that you brought in lessons, hmm. that the lessons have this quality or these type of, of qualities. Those do show up from the back of the hand as the back of the hand comes over into the palm. So I've developed a method on reading um, past life information coming into this life. And so it shows me, like in relationships, when I'm reading relationships, I can tell you this relationship has past life connection, or this relationship is free of past life connection, which thankfully you sometimes want a relationship that is not connected right. to a past life sometimes. Yeah. That is like, thank goodness I just have a new relationship. And other people are like, oh my God, please connect me with a past life relationship. Both can be awesome. Both can be terrible. It, I, I don't have a judgment one way or the other. Um, but you, we can tell this information. Does it show up for everybody? Does past life information show up for yes. everybody? Yes. And what about karma? So karma, um, and that has a very specific definition. So the fate line on the front of the palm shows the type of, in relationship to, to the lifeline, shows the, the way in which lessons and, and um, fulfillment are achieved in this lifetime and gives the querent, the, the client, information on the way in which um, their fate is is um, met or the way in which their destiny is achieved. Hmm. And so it gives information on like, is this a life of completion or is this a life of creation? Is this a life where you're learning to receive? Is this a life where you're learning to give? Is this And, and so these types of general sort of lessons, like what is the overall theme of this lifetime as far as like the lessons that you're here to either learn or create. And in that sense, that's what the orientation of those and the relationship between those lines show us. Now, is it important to distinguish between what's ancestral karma and what's the person's karma? So or? sometimes there is an obligation. Occasionally there's a, there is information on the hand that shows that the person is carrying an obligation um, to their ancestors and to carry forward some sort of healing for their family or for their ancestors, sometimes it's clear that they are not to do that. Hmm. And that if they're doing that, it's their choice or it's their own and that they're actually free from that. 
And so it's great to have a palm reading and be able to understand whether they are or are not responsible for or, or accountable to actually, you know, take that on. Right. People can feel accountable for, you know, family karmic things. But then when you look at their palm, they're actually not. Huh. But That's it's so because their family has made them feel guilty. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've helped people either understand that they are and they do have agency in that uh-huh. realm and that is their job or also free them from that and be like, no, girl, you're not. <laughs> well, thanks for explaining yeah. that. And with that, we're going to take another quick break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the health way of thinking you didn't know you had. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y. R-E-I-C-H dot com. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. Skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, I have palmist and creator of the Divine Hand Method, James Divine, here with us today. So, James, how do injuries and sur- surgeries show up in the hands? Oh, well, injuries and surgeries show up with scabs and stitches. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Uh, literally. <laughs> Metaphysically. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> This is a really fun, um, I mean, not fun for the person that's injured or, you know, who has had surgery. But any injury to the palm is so interesting for me to read. In fact, I end up getting um, text messages or direct messages from people who are like, like before they actually... go to the hospital, they're taking a picture and they're like sending it to James Devine. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do that. Like, oh, no. take care of yourself uh-huh. and then send me a picture. Right. But um, anyway, yes, injuries to the hand indicate an unconscious or, or metaphysical lessons and mm. things to pay attention to. So if you slammed your ring finger, like let's just pretend 
that someone slammed their <laughs> ring finger in in a drawer. Somebody. Somebody. I don't know we who. don't know who. <laughs> maybe maybe that was you too. Maybe that was me today. <laughs> um, so that I would look at okay, is that the right ring finger or the left ring finger? So it's the left ring finger represents your identity, your personal identity, and I would say okay, slamming that in a drawer obviously inadvertent. This is the universe having you pay attention to your personal identity, your personal, because it's your left hand, identity, and how that shows up for you. And the injury, it wasn't permanent. It didn't break the skin. It was just like a slam. It was like, hey. Yeah. And it isn't a foreshadowing of difficulty necessarily, but it is something to, to say, um, be ready for to show up <laughs> in a big way. Be ready to show up with your personal identity and how that is you know, going to change or how that is, how you're going to show up in that way. Which interestingly enough, I went to the social security office and had my name changed today. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's really fascinating that Uh it was the ring finger, which represents your identity that you signed in the door, in the drawer. Uh I mean, it's so strange. It's so funny. So injuries to the hand are almost always hugely accurate. So can we talk about compatibility? Oh, this is a great topic. I do compatibility readings for couples, for business partners, for siblings, for anybody. How are you compatible with another human being? We can see this so clearly with the palm. Hmm. I can see two people's hands and tell you the ways in which they are and are not compatible. And it is fantastic. People have, uh, this is like one of the coolest things. So let's take, you know, a couple, right? I'll know the ways. I'll just look at their hands and say, okay, here are the things you guys fight about. Here are the things you guys agree upon most of the time. Here's the ways in which, here's what you need to look out for. Here's the things that, you know, tend to work. Here's, and, and it's just, I watch their jaws drop. <laughs> and it's it's like, I've never met them before. I don't know them from right. Eve or Adam. I don't know them from anybody. Now, is it the gestures that's revealing that or is it the shape of their it's hands? It's the shape of their hands. Okay. It's the lines on their hands. It's the ways in which they are. And every way that someone is complementary is also the way in which they're different. Mm-hmm. And every way that someone is the same is also the way that they'll, bl- they'll butt heads. And so we can look at, like, you can always get along with somebody because you're similar. And you can always get along with somebody because you're different. You just have to figure out how to do that. Right. And so this is what is really fun about compatibility readings is having that conversation between uh, two people and identifying, and it, really that's the funnest part, is identifying those ways in which the folks, you know, get along. And it's just so fun and, and shocking <laughs> when I'm able to be like, okay, so here is your sort of approach to things based on your hand shape. And they're like, what? How do you know that? And you're not telling them to break up, though. I have not told anyone to break up. I've told people what they're up against. Mm-hmm. I'm sometimes surprised um, that I'm never surprised. It's always, everything is always workable. It's up to each person to decide. Uh, This is my approach. I think that any two people can be compatible. Right. How much backbending do you want to do to be compatible with someone? And so the willingness has to be there. Mm -hmm. So there's, there are people that are very, you know, so diametrically opposed and so set in their ways that it could be hard, you know, to work together for right. sure. They would just need to have a lot of awareness, communication, and backbending and, and twisting to do it. Well, and there's life lessons in that, right? Right. We grow from every relationship. Right. Yeah. And then there's also decisions to be like, okay, that's not what I'm up for. So, yeah. you know. Are there any two elements that you're just, mm, that's really bad? All the elements can work together. They just work together in specific ways. Okay. So I am not one of those people that thinks, um, oh, fire and water don't get along. No, fire and water can get along great. If you think about the transformation of fire and the emotions of water, those go to, metaphysically, those go together really well because they can really, you know, engage each other. Bring things out. Yeah, fire and water is steam. That's how, (laughs) think about a steam engine. Right. Think about how we generate electricity in this this whole world. Like those are really, really powerful. The the thermodynamics of water give us deep metaphysical insight into how a fire person and a water person come together. Yeah, that's great. So I wanted to ask you, I know you've been teaching palmistry 
Um, and so I wanted to ask you, what do you plan on doing with more of that? Are you doing more of that? Oh, yeah. So where can people go to learn about that as well? Definitely my website, thedivinehand.com. Or if you just Google search Seattle Palm Reader, I come up pretty high on the Google search. So you can find me there. Mm-hmm. And I do have um, learn on my, you know, you can learn or appearances up on my uh, uh, navigation on my website. Of course, you can always get a reading and you do learn a lot about palmistry and your own palm from that. And your readings can be remote as well. Yes, I do them over Zoom or in person here in Seattle. Um, although I do travel, I'm, I'm taking a long trip to um, for snowboarding in New Orleans. So nice. if you're in New Orleans, I know this <laughs> doesn't broadcast there, but I also read there over the Mardi Gras season. Um, and I'm in Olympia teaching at a shop called Radiance um, every month. So you can also see me there and learn. Um, and there's lots of opportunities at um, the, my travels. So I do keep up my calendar. And so I travel all over the nation, sometimes the world, teaching. So, That's lovely. Yep. So I know you, you gave a lot of great examples as to why someone should have a palm reading. But what would you say is like the number one takeaway from my listeners today? To Why get a, get a palm, palm reading? reading? Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Understanding yourself. Like people come to me for a palm reading when they feel like they need insight or direction or clarity. Those are the three big reasons. I wish that people would come to me for a palm reading regular, like not because I'm looking to build a business, but I think that it can also serve more regularly. What is the thing that, you know, I need to know now? The thing that I also provide is coaching. Mm-hmm. So the coaching is using the metaphysical information, using spiritual information along with my expertise in coaching and putting that together. So I have three coaching clients at the moment, but I'm always building that. Yeah. I have way more palmistry clients than that. But having that regular sort of like let's build up to something. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun is to also bring these, you know, this, these other sources of wisdom in to help guide the coaching towards your desires. Yeah, I love how you bring the psychology into it, yes. right? It's like, well, here are the issues, but then that's that's what most people just give them, right, in right. a reading. And so here are some things that you can do with yeah. that. Yeah, well, I mean, so a reading is a lot of me telling you, yeah. and a coaching is a lot of me asking you. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being here today. Really appreciate it. So fun. (laughs) And thank you to Eric, my amazing producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. Stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com.